Welcome to Expulsion at 50. My name is Dola Vasani. Most of the things said about Idi Amin have been negative. He has been called a dictator, a madman, a buffoon, a brutal despot. In his book, The State of Blood, Henry Kayemba referred to Amin as an unfortunate accident for our country. What is perhaps less known and documented is that Amin was also a sports craze president. During my recent visit to Uganda, I had the opportunity to connect with Vicky Bayrugaba, now in his late 60s. Vicky is an accomplished boxer and coach. He represented Uganda at the 1984 Summer Olympics in Los Angeles. In this episode, Vicky shares his experiences of being a boxer during the Amin presidency. Apologies for the poor sound quality. I am from um, the district of Kabale in uh, southwestern Uganda. Uh, I was born in 1954 mm -hmm. and uh, I grew up in uh, Kilembe Mines Limited in western of Uganda. Mm -hmm. It's a uh, copper mine, Kilembe Mines. And when did you start boxing yourself? started boxing at the junior level around 1968. That's after the Olympic Games, which were in Mexico. Of the boxers who had gone to the who to represent Uganda, uh, the late Lerwa Wabogo and uh, the late uh, Muhammad Muruli, who are coming from our constituency in the Kilembe Mines. So after seeing the, the pump they came with and the, the reception they got, I said, I must start boxing. So I started as a junior in 1968 and slowly developed. Um, so they were your role models? They were my role models. I really admired them, the way they behaved, the way they were received, the way they talked to people and the way they handled us, so we used to carry bags for them as young boys and they liked me, so they encouraged me a lot. Then how old were you when you started? Uh, I was about 12. 12, mm. 12 yeah, around mm. that. So you've been boxing a long time? Yeah, I've been boxing a long time. Uh, I started with the juniors in 69, that's when I started competitions. We used to travel from uh, Kilembe to Kampala. Used to box at the police drill shed here in Kampala. Then I passed through my novices, my juniors, 69, novices, 1970, intermediates, 1970, national open championships, uh, also 1970. At the time I was still young, but I reached the finals of the national championships. 1971, that's when I was. <coughs> Spotted uh, to come to the national squad, national team training. Yeah. Oh. I was still at college at that time. I was studying, I was a student in Namusagal College in eastern Uganda, it is in Busoga, Kamuli mm. College, Namusagal. And uh, our headmaster, Father Grimes, Reverend Father Grimes, actually was the, the director of our boxing club in the school. 
and with the school we had about um, seven boys who are on the national team. So we used, we used only to come to the national team when it was required. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they just call us to Kampala, we train for three, four weeks. After that, we go back to school. 1971, I won the national championship now. And what weight is it? Uh, I was uh, bantamweight. Bantamweight. Okay. Yeah, that is 54 kilograms. Uh, my first international competition was in 1971 when we went to Malawi during the Independence Day of Malawi to, to play against the Malawi national team. To be honest, the, 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 the national team was too strong. There were so many of us. And uh, to be selected to, to, to go and represent the country was really a type of honor. We had to work so hard. 24, that's when I came into the national team comfortably. That's when I went to the Eastern Central Boxing Championships in Dar es Salaam and uh, won a gold medal. I understand your father was working as a supervisor in the mines. How was life like for you growing up there? My parents were in the Kilembe Mines, the copper mining area in western Uganda. We, we lived the life of uh, a low-level life, but it was quite comfortable because we were being housed in Kilembe Mines. We had the free education, for example, in primary schools. The, the mining industry gave us free education. Mm -hmm. And uh, we used to mix up with the... It was so... It was a place that had everybody in the world. We had the English, we had the French, we had the Asians, we had the, you know, the Northerners, we had Nigerians, everybody they used to mix up together but we were living in different estates, depending on uh, what level your father was. The school was provided by the mines? Yes, the schools were provided by the mines. Mm -hmm. each, uh, each area, the Europeans and Asians had their own school, we had our own school. Well, the schools were, were, were very good because we had the good teachers. Did you have did you have a lot of sports in the school? Yes, we had a lot of sports. As usual, it was uh, the school, of course, put on uh, sports days and competitions. We, we competed against each other in the schools. Like, what do you remember of what happened in 1971-72? There was a lot of anxiety uh, and certainty. We didn't know what would come next to our school. And uh, our headmaster, plus many, we had many, many Europeans from, Britain, from England in our school, plus some, some Asians who were advised to keep within indoors, not move out until the situation normalizes. Okay? I remember we were visited by one captain who had soldiers with him. And uh, he wanted to know what uh, the white man and the Indians were doing in the school. 
heard Master Father Graham actually stood on his two feet and told him there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. Leave my pictures alone. If you want me to talk to your president, I will. Because he was he was our boxer, I know him personally. So from, from then on, uh, the soldiers stopped coming within the school company. The army had the boxers, they had a boxing team. So we used to mix up with them and yeah, we were comfortable. But would you say it was a good time for boxing in Uganda because the president himself was a boxer? Yes, actually, I think it was national boxing coach and that he had a direct contact with the president. It's not only boxing, sports actually was supported during his time because he, were, yeah. he wanted to make a difference. So when you say you got a lot of support, was there more competitions, was there more funding, more, were you more on TV? Yeah, like? funding, uh, publicity was good also mm-hmm. in the TV, Uganda television at that time, it was only one day. Okay. We had lots of competitions, inter- international competitions, because uh, at that time we used to have, every year, we used to go to uh, Scandinavia, you know? We used to go to Denmark, uh, Germany, uh, Finland, Sweden, and all that, competing with them. They also used to come here. There were so many competitions, and uh, the funding was was there. There was no way they could say there was no money. 77, when we were supposed to go to Germany, there was a minister of sports called Senka Tupa. She said, we are not taking the team. Coach walked to the president and told him where we were supposed to go to Germany, but we were told there is no money. And they asked him, who says there is no money? One says, eh, well, you are minister. Called her and asked her, since when didn't you even have any money to take a sportsman? Well, she explained about uh, budgets and all that, and that says, ah, that is crap, okay? So he says, you let them go. I, he called his uh, in the state house, they picked money, gave it to the coach for allowances and uh, upkeep. Then uh, he gave in, he gave out his uh, presidential jet to us to go to, because we were supposed to box in uh, Berlin East. So the, the plane landed in uh, West Germany. We crossed with the, with the train, we boxed, came back, and the, the plane brought us back. So you can see how committed he was. But how did you? How did the life for your parents change after 1972? Would you say? Just like any other Ugandan, of course, the, the social, social life changed in one way or the other, okay? There wasn't, there wasn't a lot of the freedom they had before 1971 was no longer there, okay? First of all, we lost the community of the, uh, of the Asians in Kilembe, they were all gone. Secondly, uh, we started losing the the white community. I believe things became quite difficult <coughs> from the late 70s. Yeah, there was a lot of pressure. If you wanted the sugar, every family had to get maybe one kilogram. Uh, even those who took beer, uh, they would say the bar is going to open at five. I know it opens at uh, 
midday and closes at 1, then closes, opens at 5 and closes at 9. Okay, so those rationing you wouldn't be given more than three bottles, for example. So, what people used to do was to go line up at 5 after work, buy three bottles, put them there. That was rationing, including sugar, salt, all those uh, basic requirements. There was a lot of, uh, of lining up for them. Yes, they were being rationed because they were being supplied by only uh, one uh, company. Yeah? Food, this was big food, foods and beverages. It was a government run company. 1975, I was drafted into the army. And, and how long was, how many years did you have to be in the army? I was in the army until the, the government, until the government was, uh, was overrun in 1979. Yes. So they sent you to fight against the Tanzanians? Yeah, I was fighting against the Tanzanians. <laughs> Tanzanians and the Ugandan liberators. Yeah, but eventually we lost the war and the yeah, when the, the government took over, I was taken as prisoner of war in Tanzania. I was in Tanzania for 11 months. I was brought back in 1980. I was still detained in the upper prison of Zira until I was released in 1981, December, something like that. Even when we were prisoners of war, we were training. We used to train. We had that uh, chance of training because we were followed up by the International Red Cross. They gave us all the facilities. They said, no, you must allow them to. In 84, I went to the Olympic Games, Los Angeles. Oh. After the Olympic Games then, <coughs> I went into coaching. Okay, and how did you get on in, in, in LA, at the Olympics? In LA, I went, I went up to the last, last round of 16. So when you when you look back at your at your at your life and your career, you were actually, if I could say, you know, it was a good time to be a boxer in those years, yes. wasn't it? Mm. During the Armenian years, mm. he's remembered for many many bad things. Yes. You know, mm. he's been called many bad things. You know, mm. dictator, butcher, all kinds of things. Yes. But. I think there was this aspect about him where he, as a, as a lover of sport, mm. he did um, make a difference. He made a big difference in sports. He supported the game. For example, 1974 we had all African, uh, all Africa boxing championships in Kampala at Lugogo, and he was there. You know. When we were training, he came into the training camp and he gave us some bits of, uh, of uh, what to do. Yeah? He was telling us and uh, he was asking us, what do you want? We told him, no, we don't have this, we don't have this. He would just give out. At the competition, he was there every day for seven days. He used to pay out money, allowances, you know, to facilitate the, the sport. 
So he's, he was also in the motor rallies, used to drive himself. And his wife was the navigator. Okay. <laughs> so he was in it. He was in swimming. I remember when they used to swim a lot in the Sheraton Hotel up here. He was always there for sports, actually. Every sport he wanted to be there. Basketball. He played up. He wanted to play for the national team sometimes. You know, he was everywhere in sports. There was a lot of um, freedom for the sportsmen, although it was an oppressive government and it may have been. But for example, he gave us free tickets, bus services, UTC bus services. If you're a sportsman, just produce that uh, card and it's free transport within Uganda. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah, whenever we came from competitions, he would be, after competitions, he would put us in a, a hotel like this one, maybe seven days, say, you just relax, yeah? chill off, okay? And he gives you a free popcorn for two visitors every day. You get two guests, you know. So it encourages so many young, young people into the games and sports. Yeah, I was in Cuba in 1974, World Championships. When we came back, he put us in a hotel for seven days, and uh, after seven days, he made us a state party. So we mixed up with him and his ministers and, you know, army commanders. You know. Okay, so when you, when you look back at your life, you know, um, what, what do you feel that, you know, you've learned, you've learned from this experience? One must never take things for granted. And, uh, you know, from childhood, boxing, you know, that, the life we lived, came out, went to the army, it was not an easy task. But you've got to keep adjusting yourselves to conditions and situations. When you come into the life of you know having a family, you have a family, you've got to agree either you've got to keep uh, changing. I mean your family may want you to do this and you want to do this. And you've got to keep adjusting, adjusting. So the experience is this world is not, you must not be rigid, you must be flexible, uh, accept changes, and uh, you must know the good, the bad, and the worst. Differentiate between them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Which boxer do you admire the most in the world? Mama Dali was always the best. He was, he was a role model. I liked. Whenever I boxed, because knew I was Muhammad Ali's product. Because I did all the things in Muhammad Ali. Movement, everything except the talking, but he talked less. <laughs> he came to Congo to fight. Yes, he came to Congo. The rumble in the jungle. jungle. Yeah, that one, we didn't sleep. Kilemi Mines at that time provided the, uh, what, uh, television, big television. So we all there. I'm not watching. That's lovely, Vicky. Uh, is there anything else you would like to say? I would like maybe to advise the present-day leaders in the Boxing Federation here in Uganda to, to take back boxing to the schools. The boxers train them into the basics because that's what we have lost completely. Most boxers don't don't go through the basics. 
they look at Megwed and all that and think that they can be like them, but uh, these Megweders came from somewhere at uh, the lower level. The grassroots. Grassroots. We need to take the grassroots boxing and uh, school boxing, the basics. We've got the talent, we only need the development, we only need the, 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 the team to, to take them where they should be, okay? Yeah, take them where they should be. Yeah. Okay, great, Thank you for listening. Do share the podcast with your friends and family. Till next time, be well and be safe.